Hello and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. This week, we're talking to Michael Forshaw, who is the founder and CEO of EdTech Impact. Now, don't be tempted to turn off if you don't think EdTech is for you. This is a really interesting conversation. Um, talking about why Michael set up into EdTech Impact, getting beyond this sort of marketing spin that companies put on their products and working out what difference using this tech really makes in schools. He also gives us really useful killer questions to ask any kind of salesperson who you might be dealing with. And equally, if you're listening and you work for an EdTech supplier, some interesting points for you to consider too. I also really like talking to him to get an overview of his ideas about what the future of EdTech might look like because he's he's very well informed and there are lots of different advisory groups and things like that. So I really hope you enjoy it. And as ever, I'd like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around topics. The views my guest and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Today, I am joined by Michael Forshaw, who is founder uh, and CEO at EdTech Impact. Hi, Michael, how are you? Hi, Caroline, I'm very good, thanks. Great to have you with us this morning. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into doing what you do now for anyone that's not familiar with your work? Yep, so I essentially started out as a, an IT tech in my dad's school in Liverpool, Cardinal Heenan, uh, kind of playing around with lots of different tools and things. I ended up managing various IT projects, managing the VLE, or bringing in a VLE, I should say. Um, I've always been interested in tech. Uh, I, I ended up doing a bit of a side hustle, web design, and I was at Cardinal Heenan for about five and a half years. Uh, and really in that time, I was the guy kind of innovating the school around new ideas, mainly what's now called EdTech. And so I ended up starting a business called Innovate My School, um, which is now 11 years old. Um, and it really, the, the goal there was to just sort of scale up what I was doing. I, I realized loads of schools had people like me sharing new ideas and the teachers had great ideas in their, their teacher learning. And so we created this content community of teacher blogs, uh, where educators around the UK and, and now the world would share how they are innovating in their school. Uh, technology always playing a key part of that, but we were, were keen on non-tech as well. Fast forward 11 years, there's two and a half thousand articles there now, all freely available to read and be inspired by, and the community continues to around 50,000. Uh, we also ended up, because it was a business, we needed to, to fund it. Um, I was talking to lots of suppliers and we were selling bits of sponsorship and things, but uh, I realized there was, it was how hard it was to sell to schools. And so talking to lots of suppliers and, and the kind of frustrations with uh, traditional routes to market, some events and things, we ended up, because my dad was fortunately part of the, the Liverpool Association of Secondary Heads, also known as LASH. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, they did go on the LASH. And, uh, we ended up running a, a speed date essentially with all of the, the 35 secondary heads of Liverpool. And I ended up bringing in eight innovations uh, that met the, the pain points of the group. 
we ended up then going on over over the years to do 250 speed dates, uh, over 6,000 introductions made. And so that really funded Innovate My School throughout the years. Well, I guess it's a long-winded way of saying how I got to what I'm doing now, which is EdTech Impact. And what we could see is that procurement was changing. Um, You know, schools are asking different questions uh, and that online research was becoming more and more part of the the, the procurement process. Um, And that most EdTech companies were not really geared up for that. Um, you know, how many ed tech companies, if you ask them, even have like Googled their name and to see what the results are. Uh, so managing your online reputation and showcasing your quality, ultimately, uh, you know, the ed tech marketplace is growing rapidly and even more so now based on what's, what's just happened. Uh, how do schools know basically where to start and who to trust, who's going to meet their needs? So we created EdTech Impact. Uh, which is an independent review platform uh, for over now 1,500 education technology products worldwide. And I set it up to basically help UK schools and now many international schools find the best ed tech solution for their needs. It's probably the best way of putting it. And it's, it's really interesting what you're saying there about that kind of teacher teacher to teacher communication about, about products. Um, and I think we've all experienced that thing of, you know, marketing and, and, and language that so that sort of sounds so fantastic um, or even it sounds so mysterious. Sometimes you kind of read a description of something and you're none the wiser as to what it actually does. Um, but then to sort of hear from somebody uh, who's, who's in a school doing a thing, what has it helped them do? What is their articulation of the value of this product? Um, I can imagine that that really helps people make a, make a good decision for them. Yeah, I mean, do I, I think there's some work needed for around schools, but yeah, often the, the common pain point with, with schools is I, I don't know where to start when it comes to finding the right solution. Um, and you've got this mismatch like the, yeah, the ed tech companies can't get in front of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, like my dad, for instance, and this was many years ago now, 100 emails a day uh, from sales. And we know that's, that's, that's the case now. And it just seems so backwards that it's just by chance that sales are made by someone aggressively cold calling or smashing out email campaigns. And, you know, in every other part of our lives, like we're, we're a more discerning customer. You know, we're doing deeper research around what's relevant to us. Uh, and so that's the gap that EdTech Impact is plugging to help schools better understand what exists, what it does, uh, and then what impact is it going to have in your school ultimately um i mean just a few stats that kind of back up why we think it's important now to for edtech impact so we we surveyed our our readers only last month actually in february edtech impact readers this is and 96 percent said that they do their research before contacting suppliers now so i think that's a sign of the times um and obviously we've not had physical face-to-face events so more and more naturally going online to find new solutions. Um, you know, if you look at BISA, British Educational Suppliers Association, procurement reports every year, it always highlights the main source for finding new products is, is Google. Mm-hmm. Primary schools, it's over 70% use Google. Secondary schools, over 80%. Yeah, <laughs> and tech companies aren't really looking at what, what happens there on Google. Um, 
And then also part of that same survey, 72% of the school buyers tell us that relevance is the most important aspect in their buying decision, which I, I think is really interesting. So prior to setting up Edtech Impact two and a half years ago, we surveyed Innovate My School readers. And the number one thing that came up was like what, what, what builds, uh, what, what increases the chance of conversion for investing in, a, in an Edtech product? And it was seeing it being used by a school like mine. Yeah. Um, and by that, it's not just, you know, a lot of, a lot of ed tech companies have a case study or two or maybe three, if you're lucky. But is that relevant to my school? Is, you know, how, how relevant is that to me in my context? They want to know, is it being used in a school like mine with the same characteristics as me, same demographics, the same pupil to staff ratio, same tech infrastructure, um, the same deprivation levels, you know, all of these characteristics build up trust. And no one can ever get that information from a school size. And that's what EdTech Impact is now revealing and, and, and helping schools find out. Um, and then, yeah, interestingly, the last point I want to make about our surveys, we asked them what's the most important feature that we could develop. And it was more, even more granular comparison of the products. Um, so we're just going to keep going deeper and deeper into that and enable schools to really uh, narrow it down their choices based on what's relevant to them I, I should mention you know what is powering all this data it's independent reviews so we we help ed tech companies i mean people have heard of probably trustpilot or, or fifo yotpo some of the other review platforms outside of education more generalist uh, we built our tick impact specifically for education products so we collect not just qualitative feedback from the ed tech companies customers independently but quantitative data as well um, so we asked them to choose the outcomes and the impacts that they care about. I mean, you can't even find out this stuff half the time on the website. It's usually just save money and save time. Um, we really pushed them hard on you know, what outcomes specifically. Is it improving behavior or well-being or improving student collaboration, uh, improving efficiencies across the school? They're the outcomes you care about. Let's go and get some data around that. And all of this data is just a goldmine of content for them to use to showcase their quality, build up trust on the school side. Schools can now really drill down into products that hopefully meet their needs. Um, and then just on the impact topic. So uh, there was a teacher tap survey that was conducted uh, 2019, December, so just before the pandemic. 79% of schools want clear proof that the solution works, but only 8% trust the claims made by the suppliers. So there's just this trust issue. Um, and that is the big one that we're, we're really helping from the EdTech supplier side. We're helping them build that trust through increased transparency. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, thinking about um, more traditional products that, that schools would be used to, to buying, it's much easier to do these kind of direct comparisons for, for yourself, you know how much is it going to cost for somebody to take the school photographs or whatever i can look at three websites or ring three people or whatever and i can decide um and then you know these these products that um you know don't have to fit necessarily into neat boxes that may do 
some aspects of one thing, something of another. And, you know, it, it can be quite difficult, I think, for people to get a sense of, I've looked at all of these alternatives here, especially as you say, they're getting a lot of marketing um, or, or, or pressure from, from other places to oh, go for this one. Um, and, you know, trying to sort of break it, break it down in that way and, and give people some, some points of comparison. And as you say, that independent um, uh, reviews on products must be, must be really useful. And also driving, driving towards that, um, that crucial impact uh, piece, uh, because I think, you know, it's, there's no question that there's an awful lot of activity um, going on in schools and uh, an incredible focus on on the outcomes for young people. But it can be very difficult to unpick exactly what led to those outcomes. Um, and, and actually, you know, there's a certain point at which how much money are you spending on this intervention or this edtech product and, and you know and what impact is that having um is, is going to become a relevant question for people um so yeah i'm interested to know a little bit more about the the, the work that you that you've done that sort of sits behind your impact metrics yeah so when i started edtech impact we actually worked closely with uh the educate program which was part of the university college london uh, and that program was designed to help EdTech companies understand their theory of change. So basically, what is the impact their product is going to have if you use it? And what are the conditions of success? And just get companies thinking more about this and how to conduct experiments to do that. And so that felt like a, a natural fit for EdTech Impact. Uh, and so we, were, we worked with the team there to build what we call outcome trees. So we fit all the outcomes that every EdTech product essentially could improve into student outcome tree, uh, teacher outcome tree, parent outcomes, whole school outcomes. Uh, and then the ed tech companies will essentially choose which claims basically they're going to improve. Uh, it's quite interesting because we obviously get to see what they choose and uh, you know there's a lot of products on there now. Some of them try and tick everything, which immediately tells you they haven't got a clue like what they're actually gonna do. Um, but this is the good thing with EdTech Impact, like we're going to help them learn about that. Um, when we started EdTech Impact though, we did actually have grander plans. So we actually ended up building an evaluation framework, uh, a rapid cycle evaluation framework, RCEs. Um, we weren't the first to create this, it, it exists in, in, in the US, but the, the whole point of it is it's an in-school evaluation framework. So we can basically empower teachers to conduct their own in-school evaluations around products, teaching them the skills and what kind of data they can collect and the options there. And maybe if they've got time doing pre and post evaluations, and what kind of uh, assessment instruments you could use for that. You can use an off the shelf tool, you're gonna to create your own teacher test. Um, are you gonna use kind of whole school assessment? There's lots of options and there's a CPD piece around that. Uh, and we tried to be a bit too clever and build the whole thing into one platform. So you almost became this like end-to-end -end find, uh, evaluate by. Uh, we realized there was a lot of CPD required around that. So we, we've been talking to various schools about how we could do that separately for them. Um, and I think there is a need for more robust evidence. Like you hear about this need at various roundtables and the government have talked about the need to build the evidence base 
And that's really what EdTech Impact is doing. We're starting at level one, level two evidence of creating lots of uh, kind of qualitative, quantitative perceptions around impact, but we're not doing pre and post scientific experiments. That is on the EdTech company to do, but if we can empower teachers to do it sort of a slightly more robust level of evidence on a more frequent basis, then we would be in a really good place. And I think we all know like what works in one school might not necessarily work as well in another because the conditions are totally different. So if the school was able to just collect some data on a, on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis around their perceptions of impact or you know what, what are the students saying? Uh, did they achieve what they wanted? Why not? Um, all of this can be used to help make better decisions, basically. We have actually also co-founded the EdTech Evidence Group. So EdTech Impact is the co-founder of that. Uh, and the purpose there really is to build a community of companies who are making a commitment to collect more evidence, more robust evidence. Um, there's a lack of knowledge on the, on the company side as well, on the supplier side. And so we want to just bring everyone together to kind of help each other, competitors as well. Um, there's plans to bring schools into that and upskill schools. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited about the EEG uh, and there'll be more opportunities to, to, to talk about that uh, over the course of the next 12 months, really. Great. And we, we can put some some links um, to that in the um, in the notes from this podcast as well. And I think it is interesting, as you say, um, you know, evidence in education in general there's been obviously a very positive movement in that in that direction around kind of pedagogy and learning over the last kind of 10, 10 years or so. Um, and then obviously ed tech, we, we've all had a much greater exposure to tech over the last wee while than we would have necessarily expected. And it could be quite an interesting period um, for schools moving forward, trying to um, understand for themselves, you know, where where is um, a teacher and that human interaction really really crucial where is it you know a tool and a teacher where is it a child using a you know a tool um, on their on their own um, and, and 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 sort of working through that with with a bit more um, uh, already generated evidence and, and and you know experiences to draw on um, from the pandemic um, to in, in, inform some of that. Um, and it does feel that you know we're talking in a reality that we couldn't we couldn't really have imagined um, you know a couple of a couple of years ago in terms of, of people's interest in in ed tech um, you know the the leaps um, schools have have made in in in, in sort of embracing um, uh, that technology because they had to you know at, at pace um, so what do you what do you think in terms of um, you know, um, someone who's got a kind of bird's eye view on on how the the ed tech sector is is developing and schools, crucially, schools interaction with with tech. What what do you think about about the last the last year or so? So that's a big one. <laughs> um, obviously, yeah. I mean, it was kind of pandemonium uh, to some extent last March, April, having to adopt technology overnight. It's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, everyone always talks about how slow adoption of tech can be in schools in particular, and then we've had to do it almost overnight. We've had this massive experiment that's now gone on over the last 12 months, and just sort of linking back to the last comment about the need to record observations, I think that is critical now that everyone's been trialing all of this tech. 
how do we know if it, we should continue using it or not? Let's try and make some space to try and record some observations around that. In terms of EdTech, the marketplace, it's been very active throughout the pandemic, I'd say. Um, you know, despite the uncertainty, uncertainty of, of what's going on with schools and in school, out of school, I don't think I've ever seen so many product launches since the 1st of January. Um, I've probably talked to about uh, 600 companies, mostly founders and CEOs over the last 12 months. And some have been really nervous. I, th I think more on the, the kind of school management side of things. Um, you know, I don't know, appraisal systems, for instance. But those in the teacher learning space are very excited. Uh, and some of them have had ridiculous uh, adoption increases. Uh, and some of them have fallen over because they couldn't, you didn't have the, the infrastructure to, to support so many users. Um, what's available now? And you know what, what's exciting? What am I seeing on EdTech Impact? I think there's definitely an increase around uh, the well-being category, uh, particularly with a focus on mental health. Uh, you know, I'm seeing features like more ways to speak directly or confidentially to the teacher, to the students. Uh, essentially, ways to build better relationships with your your peers, your teachers, your your other mentors. Almost a more diverse learning community. Uh, products like Me Too, and there's a really interesting one called Edu School. Uh, they've just joined. Um, you know, for the first time, we actually have a, a mental health focus within a learning platform. Uh, Kinteract is another. Uh, products like GoBubble, who reward kindness. I think we could all do some more of that uh, and empathy. Uh, thank and Praise is, is one that's quite interesting. That's a social thanking platform, basically thanking unsung heroes, the teachers. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been lots of things bubbling around the well-being category. Uh, parent communication. Now, I don't mean more tools to that strictly just send a text message to schools, uh, to parents. Uh, I mean, more real-time reporting. Obviously, parents have been, are, are now massively in, involved in, in the learning and from a technology standpoint in many cases. So uh, products have been adapting to support that. They've got now parent portals. Many have kind of pivoted to this B2C market. Um, they've got tutorials for parents. They've got the ability to download their product to, to the mobile or to offline to support home learning. Uh, there's an interesting one called Parent Hub. That's basically Slack for, for parents and teachers. Um, yeah, more ways to share formative assessments and uh, virtual parents evenings as well. I think I would say that's probably going to continue. I reckon. Um, I know I and I, I benefit from that myself personally uh, with our kids. So uh, yeah, and I think there'll be more supporting uh, virtual parents evenings. I suppose the other one is is personalised learning. Um, you know, we've had lots of platforms where it's essentially just taking what happens face-to-face -face and putting it online. That's got us through this period, but there's, there's better, smarter technology out there. Uh, there's, adapt there's so many adaptive learning platforms now that literally create the learning pathway based on the individual needs of the student and how they respond to questions, how long they take, what they keep getting wrong, it will, it will test them further. Um, yeah, there's loads on the adaptive learning category and ethic impact there. Uh, collaboration tools, for, so basically increasing uh, teachers being able to share their work and students being able to peer assess. You've got kind of like market leaders like Shobi and Wakelet. Um, 
they they've had really high scores on EdTech Impact as well and been very active. Uh, I guess teacher assessed grades is going to be a big one. Um, so there's a few products shaping up there in the summative assessment category. Uh, some of the more like, formative assessment products now providing more exam style assessment. Um, and then I've seen a little bit going on in the careers category as well, uh, but I think maybe that's more to come. Um, but ultimately, we're all thinking, about why are we here? Why are we in school? Um, it's it's to improve the skills. That's something I, I feel quite passionate about. But um, yeah, that's probably the, the activity, uh, the highlights I've seen uh, over the last 12 months. Yeah, it's really useful to get to get that sense of kind of what's what's bubbling up and 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 what's proving popular. I think you're right there about the um, the parents' evening, and you know I've I've spoken to to a couple of people for the podcast, and we've kind of come back to this um, fact around actually um, you know that remote interaction for parents works really well for things like kind of consultations on sensitive subjects. We spoke about it with relation to um, RSHE. Um, you know, being able to, you know, privately message rather than be nervous about putting your hand up about something like that in front of a room full of people um, or uh, academy um, consultations. You know, people saying, well, they're much better attended than they would be at the end of the day. And, you know, people are really engaging with the subject matter. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about these sort of ways of working as well, because obviously so many of so many things just trying to replicate what we were doing in real life um, down a computer and a camera um, and then thinking about the next stage of that, where it's sort of saying, how can we can we actually kind of work, work smarter and differently um, use, using uh, more tech? And though there's obviously you're getting kind of rich data from from folk um, having their experiences and feeding that back in through your research and and, and the website reviews. Um, but if I was a school leader and um, I'm I'm thinking about um, purchasing more ed tech products or kind of complementing in my existing suite of things that I'm offering, what? What difficult questions, bluntly, should I ask these people who are trying to promote their products or or sell to me to make sure that I'm getting I'm getting what I need from them and not a lot of marketing bluster? So I think it's important the difficult questions are, are asked. Uh, you want to really narrow it down to make sure that this product actually meets your needs. We're actually going to be publishing our first of a kind EdTech Buyer's Guide next week on EdTech Impact. So if people want to, to read that, uh, they want to be the first to hear about it, they can uh, I can shamefully plug edtechimpact.com and you can sign up for the, the free newsletter there to, be, to get that. Um, but yeah, I mean, interestingly, we've been going through exactly that process of what are the key things that you should be asking uh, EdTech suppliers. And so, yeah, I guess, before you even ask any questions, um, you should be making sure that it actually is solving the pain points, like basically identify your, your pain points uh, that you want to solve, first of all, before you even get to the, the nitty gritty, you know, set, set a clear vision, like what are the expectations of this, this project that you want to take on? Um, you know, you're going to, how are you going to undertake it? Have you prepared for that? Are you going to do a pilot, a phase rollout? How long? Are you going to use it for? What impact do you expect to see? What do you want to see? Uh, have you got the right stakeholder engagement from the school side? 
know, are all the teachers and departments on board with going forward, forward with this? Or is it just one person, you know, with an idea uh, who might then leave and then it unfortunately ends up being one of those products that ends up in the virtual cupboard of shame? Uh, you know, have you, has everybody had a chance to voice their concerns before you actually proceed with this? Uh, have you undertaken any curriculum suitability review even? Um, and then the implementation plan itself, I think you should definitely be asking questions to the, the supplier around how, what does implement, implementation look like? What kind of training and support are we going to get? How long before we can actually expect to use it and be fully trained? Uh, how will the training take place? You know, on, online, face-to-face? -face. Um, do I have to pay for that? All of these, these, these hidden things, you can't usually find out on a supplier's website. So make sure you, you do as part of that procurement process. I think it increasingly interoperability. In other words, does this product need to interface with other systems I've got? We know that most schools have been going either Google or Microsoft in the UK. Does it feed into that? Is there an integration? Um, you know, I, I know there's some mats, for instance, who won't even touch a product unless it actually integrates with their, with Google Classroom, say, or has an API to do that. Uh, can you easily import data and class lists and parent emails and report writing software with this, this tool? Um, data security. So does it allow single sign-on? Uh, is the data, where, where's the data stored? Is it safe? Does it comply with GDPR? You'd hope so. Um, do you have any safeguarding concerns? Uh, who is the data controller? Is it you, the, the supplier? Is it me, the school, me, the individual? Uh, if it's the supplier, why is that? Probably to advertise something, but that's fine. I just want to know. Um, accessibility. Is the system accessible to all students and staff? Can you change features in order to support students with additional educational needs? Uh, skills gaps. Probably should have mentioned this one earlier, but have the colleagues actually got the IT skills to use the system? Um, <laughs> often gets overlooked. Uh, do parents uh, impact evidence? I know we've talked a bit about this already, but what evidence have you got of the product working in or being used in a, in a school like mine? Um, we've actually got, I should mention, a tool in Edtech Impact called Schools Like Mine. So basically, to solve this exact problem, it only has data for schools in England currently. But you can essentially, if you don't know where to start or you want to figure out or, or find out who else is using it like me, you can enter your school's postcode and it will bring up uh, your school and its characteristics and then other schools with similar characteristics to you and the products they're using and then and the reviews and how they've scored and rated them. So that could be helpful. Um, I should mention all this is free to use. And they, uh, you know, evidence, well, that evidence is great. What about building my own evidence? Have you, are you going to build in time to actually pilot the product for how long? And therefore, what observations are you going to collect? Are you going to do it with a small group? Are you going to do it with multiple classes, multiple schools? Lots of considerations. I suppose the last one um, is the end of contract process. <laughs> so, you know, if we decide to move away from you, can we easily export our data? If we want to change the new solution, uh, can we keep access to the system for at least 30 days? Uh, so we can migrate the data. So there's a few there. 
to uh yeah definitely really really helpful because you know i think you know some some of those people will say well that's quite that that, that makes that's quite obvious but then other things like gdpr like if you just if it's just not something that you're thinking about um that's a really important area to interrogate and as you say um end of contract no one ever really likes to think about that but there's there's a reality there and you know um it's, it's possible for you to be stuck in quite difficult situations and contracts sometimes um, because of because of people being shy about asking these questions um, and as you say people should have credible answers to them and if they don't that's that's a warning flag in and in of itself but um yeah it's uh it, it is it's a bit of a minefield when and as you say a lot of this information isn't isn't available to you up front and you have to you have to make sure that you that you ask um and 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 kind of we, we we've talked a little bit about those um those developments that, that we that, that you've been seeing over the the last year or so and the pandemic what is your what is your sense about the the future um of of ed tech and 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 where things will kind of level out after after this period of remote learning so i think there's a focus i mean keeps coming up on making up for lost time uh so there's going to be this this kind of catch-up period. I think I'm already seeing tech products shape up to support that. How are schools going to do it? Is it going to be te- more support from the teachers? What tech tools are they going to use, if any, uh, to, to support with that? I think every school has got a digital strategy now of sorts. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more mature than others. And I think we will see more building on top of that. I don't think they're just going to scrap it i think you know that generally there's a more there's an increased confidence around the usage of technology now in schools and so i think there's going to be a we're going to build on those foundations i hope and build up more system resilience i I suppose um to enable uh more uh aspirational usage of technology over time i know teachers incredibly uh pushed for on, on, on workloads but I do think, yeah, we'll see more aspirational thinking and amazing if we can move away from sort of selling based on pain points to more aspirations with technology um, and ultimately enabling more learning anywhere, uh, anytime, any place. Uh, lots of products will support that now. I think there's going to be continuation around proving and improving efficacy. Uh, I know we've talked about it a lot here, but you know, more evidence-informed decision-making. I think it's really important. There's an, an upskilling on how to collect evidence on, on both sides uh, so that we can justify the decisions and the investments everyone is making into technology. I think there'll be continued focus on mental health. Some products, as I mentioned, are already pioneering here and others will continue to, to, to support that with new features and benefits around well-being. Uh, inside and outside of the classroom. It's interesting, I'm always looking at it from a a kind of marketplace, uh, sort of how it shapes up, but loads of activity around MIS and school management solutions. So uh, I think that's that's a very interesting space to watch. And I think that has the potential to really transform and disrupt schools by saving tremendous amounts of money and time. Uh, And essentially technology can just augment many of the tasks that schools are doing uh, offline. So I think there'll be more 
th there'll be a bigger focus eventually on school management solutions. You mentioned virtual parents evenings already, cloud-based MIS, better data analysis. Um, I'm seeing lots of new dashboards and things being built. So I think you know, be better, we've got more data than ever before. I think we need to be able to analyze that effectively. What I'd like to see uh, is personally, I suppose, a, a, a move away from relentless testing on, on knowledge and more focus on digital skills. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of that happening in higher education now uh, with kind of like micro credentials and all this continuation of, of learning. Um, and, you know, as an employer myself, you know, I, I want someone with real world experience. I, I, I get really depressed when I'm interviewing apprentices and things but their kind of lack of ability to sell oneself and you know someone that's got that real world experience in as many companies as they can get really uh, at that early stage means they're going to hit the ground running quicker um so yeah you know it's not i think the soft skills are so important being able to just use any digital platform now be resilient problem solve be creative uh work in lots of in my, my case tech companies uh i think resilience is a really important one you know, it's not all beanbags and benefits, like some might think. Uh, you've got it really, <laughs> there's ups and downs. Obviously, we're, we're, a, we're a tech startup, really. So you've got to be resilient to, to that. And I think I'd love to see more, of, uh, more, more learners go through that. And then from a government perspective, you know, I'm, I'm part of uh, the EdTech leadership group that the DfE set up last year. Uh, and we were, we provide input to help support the, the DfE's EdTech strategy for schools in England. Uh, I think there's going to be an EdTech strategy 2.0. Um, there's been lots to talk about already. I'd like to see them continue to, to create capacity in schools around more evaluation and evidence and uh, more support around digital strategy. I know we've got the Demonstrate Schools program. I think that's, that's doing a sterling job. Um, I think helping on the industry side with routes to market, I, it's so hard to sell to schools in England. You know, it's crazy, like most countries they are in groups and you sell to the group and you get rolled out here. It just doesn't happen. You go sell to every single school. Um, and yeah, there's this myth from outside the UK, the amount of US companies like, yeah, I'm just going to sell to all the mats and I'm going to cover half the country. And like, no, there's this real disconnect. Um, that's something I'd like us to tackle with EdTech Impact. Um, so yeah, I think more support so that innovation can thrive. Ultimately, there's so many amazing ideas. There's people taking huge risks and sacrifices to try and improve what they're seeing in school. And I think we need to create better conditions for success with that. That's, that's really fascinating. And, you know, to my very basic understanding of technology, uh, just put my cards out on the table, um, you know, collaboration and conversation is, is, is how technology improves. I think, you know, people always imagine that it's, you know, lots of sort of robotic people typing into computers furiously. But, you know, there is this real creative element to it. It is about um, user centred um, design and focus. And as you, we've been saying, kind of pain points. And actually, it's, it's having a vibrant conversation around these things that will ultimately make them all better. 
and uh, you know and I think it, it it's really interesting because the school sector is so collaborative and I think people think you know companies aren't because they're all trying to sell things and, and make money and it's 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 how to have this broadest possible conversation looking at the the outcomes for the people because you know as you say these companies have their theories of change they want to make a difference and an impact too um, and more people having more experience of more products and what they do and don't do and moving between schools and systems and things, I think will also will also enhance that and um, hopefully make for, for an even more um, exciting, vibrant, innovative um, space around EdTech. But that's just my yeah. take on it. And I think there's going to be more cl collaboration, as you say, of school and buyer and seller working together, basically, through test beds and, and better pilots you know, the, the government did start a testbed program with Nesta mm. last year. I think that's kind of transformed into something else, given what's gone on with the pandemic. But I'd like to see that come back. And I think these partnerships, you know, where maybe the school's got more skin in the game. They've got some more investment into the, the products themselves. I think you're gonna you're only going to have more impact and more success as, as a supplier by working closer. You can't just sell and run. Yeah. You know, we had all that in the 90s, early 2000s with various other hardware products. And yeah, it's a, it, it's a deeper relationship now with software. I think customer success is key. Mm. Uh, you want that, want to renew that subscription. Um, so I think, yeah, that's definitely uh, something we'll see more of. And so many, so many founders actually coming out of schools you know yeah. so many ex-teachers who you know take a great idea run with it um so yeah lots more lots more kind of movement um between between the two places and any um you mentioned the buyer's guide earlier and we'll put a link to that in the notes as well but any other future developments from edtech impact that we should be looking out for oh yes <laughs> so <laughs> how long have we got um so the buyer's guide is going to be hopefully a series um, we've we focused on formative assessment. Uh, we decided to tackle quite a meaty one to start with, so it took us a little bit longer, but we've got, uh, I think we've got 40 categories, and that's not including each subject category on Etic Impact right now. Um, so we're going to focus on the ones that are most in need and most popular. Uh, so yeah, there will be a whole series of those coming out. Comparison tool, so it was the number one requested feature. So we're going to enable people to make side-by-side -side comparisons of like-for-like -like pricing, feature sets, training and support, reviews, um, all the things that you, you want to know. So you can literally, uh, yeah, for the first time ever, like <laughs> compare, uh, uh, yeah, compare products in the same category. Um, and we've actually just agreed a massive pilot with a, one of the largest uh, multi-economy trusts in England. Uh, we haven't announced this yet, but uh, basically all 58 schools are going to be uploading their tech stack. So basically all of the products that they use. And, you know, we talked earlier about this kind of disconnect, um, you know, from the central MAT team who want to, they would love certain products to get rolled out to all the schools. And then some of the schools were also thinking, hey, we're using this product, it's great. Like, why can't we just use this? Um, so we're going to align all of their essentially ed tech ecosystem we're going to have sight of that for the first time, align that against the digital strategy, layer on top some filters that the trust really cares about. So does it integrate with Google Classroom, for instance? 
And then we'll be able to surface products in Etic Impact, some of the best ones, the highest rated, to fill the gaps. Um, I don't think this has ever been done before. We've never really had the data to do it. Now we do. So uh, we're really excited about that. And I think it could be a real game changer. Uh, we'll have the ability for, for, the, for the trust to be able to place uh, requests for products as well. And then all these products will, will only come through the filters that we've set up in this kind of schools like mine dashboard. Um, that's probably as much as I can say at this stage. Um, but Sounds we will incredible. hopefully. Be... <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully roll that out to lots more groups uh, over the uh, next year. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that just sounds, sounds amazing, super useful. And I'm sure um, a lot of other trusts and groups will be, will be interested um, in that. And anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners in closing? Just go and check out edtechimpact.com. <laughs> uh, the box there. <laughs> yeah. just, just go to the site, sign up to the newsletter if you want to stay informed. And if any of what I've mentioned is interesting, uh, you can contact me directly. Um, I think you'll put my email address in the notes somewhere. Uh, we'd love to hear from as many people as possible. And that's it. Great stuff. And um, do, um, Michael um, often appears on on, on panels at um, EdTech events. You're off to do one in, in a mo, and it's great to talk to somebody who has such um, a wide overview and understanding of, of the sector, but also this kind of granular level of understanding about, about what these products really need to do to um, help pupils, which is what, what the whole exercise is all about. So thank you very much, Michael, for taking the time to talk to us today. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.